2026. Billie Eilish is on her ninth Vanity Fair interview, and she has to convince everyone again that she has completely changed in a year and, and grew as a person when really she's still uh, a puppet acting out the demands of her team, her managers, and her demented brother Phineas. Phineas, who actually is is the bad guy that Billy was singing about. Phineas is responsible for most of what's wrong in this world. Phineas Eilish. Phineas Eilish got like eight Grammys in one year. For what? What did Billy, what did Phineas do? It's 2026. You go to hang out with your friends in the metaverse. You know, someone, you hug someone in the metaverse and now they've got new technology that you can feel it in real life, like that Sword Art Online, if you've ever seen that anime. I haven't. I don't watch anime because I... I have watched it. I have. I have. I have watched anime, man. I'm actually going to cry right now. I've watched anime. Okay? Let me give you some context. I was at a fork in the road at eighth, in 8th grade. And I could have went the Band Kid anime, Dream SMP. Not Dream SMP, no. No, no, no. I was too old for that. Band Kid anime route. I could have. I was there. I had all the qualifications. All that was left was band. It was seventh grade. I go to music class and Mr. Fletcher tells us about band and how we can join and pick your instrument or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'll play the piano. I love the piano. I go home. I tell my parents, hey, I want to play the piano. Can I play the piano? You know what they tell me? They say, we don't play music in this household. And so I didn't join the band because my parents told me we don't play music in this house. Um, and you know what? Thank God for that. I wouldn't mind if I was able to play some freaking Beethoven right now on the piano. But really, what course of my life would I have taken if I went that way? I wouldn't be cool. I would be T-posing, you know, at a university right now with my boys, and then we would go to do comp sci uh, classes, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'd be happier. Maybe I don't know. But what's the point of looking at the past? You know what I mean? If you're trying your best, what else can you do? And yes, I live in a soulless household. I really do. Um, There's no soul in... uh, I have so much I want to tell you. And, you know, my parents, I think they listen to the podcast. Sometimes they do and tell me. Sometimes they do and don't. Um, But there's just... uh, Your surroundings are truly your future. And that's why I'm changing my surroundings. I am moving out. As many of you know, you see in the background, there's no uh, reindeer calendar, advent calendar, or um, caution gaming in progress because I've packed everything I own into a little two-by-two box and um i'm hunting for places to live across the country and it's a lot harder than i thought because 
in order to apply for a place to rent, you need references. You need history. You need a credit score. You need to not be 19 years old. You need to not be an influencer. You could be anything else. You need pay stubs. You need tax returns. You need... I don't have a single one of those things. I emailed 19 people this morning. I got one response saying, Hi, thank you for being interested. Can you tell me more about yourself? I reply, Hello, I am a 19-year-old broadcaster. Who's uh, I put successful broadcaster. And I am looking, and broadcaster can mean anything. I'm looking to rent this property. If you'd like to know about my status, more about my status or finances, please let me know. I can send you, uh, you know, documents. Dude, it's rough out here. It's harder than I thought, but I've set the I've set sights to do it, and that's really um, the biggest hurdle. Uh, that's my uh, mission right now. We're making the trek, and even if the positives aren't guaranteed or even clear, there's no time to wait. There's really no time to wait. Uh, and I think that's the best. My advice to you as a wise young man is that it's not only it's not only not the time to wait, but it's not the time to care. Like, oh, I said like. You should not care about you have to start minimally because look. If you are in your darkest spot in your life, which I hope not, but once you get there, you have the choice to um or at least I did. I had the choice to um accept the the horrors of life and um really just sink into the dullness of everything and accept that everything is horrible everyone's horrible no one's sincere um no one ever means anything they say no one cares about you except yourself and that is true either way whatever um direction you go but it's about the second sentence no one cares about you oh my god how's my battery dying no one cares about you except yourself and that is a bad thing or no one cares about you except yourself. And that is a good thing. Now, how could that be a good thing, you ask? Thank you for asking. You didn't ask. You're listening to me while you're at the gym. You're listening to me while you're working a 10-hour shift at a sawmill. One of you are. I just saw a comment. Shout out to Niall. I'm going to be swapping the battery as I talk. But listen up. If no one cares... That means you can do silly and crazy things without any repercussion. That means you can honestly have confidence. You know, I'm a perfectionist to my own despair. And what I mean by that is that it slows down my uh, process and what I do. Um... Black Friday, I went out and I went to the Apple store with my little brother and I sat there staring at the four colors of the new iPhone and I wasn't going to buy one, but I thought to myself, hypothetically, if I was, which color would I buy? I couldn't even bring it down to three options. I couldn't knock out one of the options. That's how um, 
much multiple choices terrify me. Not terrify me, but I will be stuck there for so long because I'm so, I think it stems from perfectionism because I don't want to, you know, I want to buy it right or buy it twice or whatever. Also stems from uh, low income growing up because you don't get options like this many times. But hear me out. Whenever you realize that no one cares about you except yourself and you take it as a positive. Then you really have the confidence to do anything. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I <laughs> That was a horrible, that was a horrible thesis. But you know how when I say, I say it ironically, but confidence is like a cold pool, a cold uh, body of water. Jumping in is the hard part, but once you're in, you're swimming. Uh, I made that myself. It's a pretty good saying, I think. Probably inspired by someone else. But do you see what I mean? Once you have that epiphany that, oh my God, we're all actors in this stupid game of life. It's not stupid, but it is a game of life. Um, It doesn't matter if this is my only chance. It doesn't matter if there's a heaven. It doesn't matter if there's a hell. It doesn't really matter um, because we're all acting. You know, yesterday... Or a couple of days ago, you know, my mom likes to buy stuff off the Facebook marketplace. A lot of junk, let's be honest. But she sends me, she says, hi, you know, buddy, can you, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. Can you go get something for me? I say, all right, ma, I got you. I get in the car and while I'm in the car, she sends me the address. I drive there. You know what it is? It's a Kia dealership. I call my mom. I say, hey, mom. Why am I uh, at a Kia dealership? She goes, perfect. You got there. Go inside and ask for Whitney in accounting. Of course, she can't pronounce Whitney. She spells it out. She says, can you ask? Her name is W-H-I-T-N-E-Y in accounting. I go in there. I'm dressed like a bum because I thought I was just going to pick up something from someone's doorstep. Now I'm in a a massive uh, dealership with cars surrounding me and a bunch of people in suits. And I'm wearing, you know, three-year-old sweatpants and, a, and like, a, I was wearing, like, a wife beater, but I had a zip up over it, but it was unzipped. Um, and a beanie on. I look like a bum. I look like a drug dealer. And I go to the, go, and I'm waiting for someone to approach me, and I, some guy comes up to me, says, hi, how can I help you today? I say, Hi. I'm looking for Whitney in accounting. He goes, all right, right this way, go this way. And now I'm in the back of a Kia dealership with 20 bucks in my hand looking for Whitney. I say, hi, is Whitney here? And one of the girls in the cubicle raises her hand, you know, 30-year-old woman. She goes, hi, I'm Whitney. How can I help you? I say, hi, I'm here to buy something from you. And all the other ladies in their cubicles turn around and look. And I realize... Oh, they all think I'm buying drugs from Whitney. They all think I'm buying drugs. And I think it's hilarious. So I double down. And I say, uh, yeah, I'm here to buy something from you. I don't say what it is. I don't know what it is. She goes, she kind of freaks out for a second. She goes, oh, the perfume? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's what it is. I don't confirm her, deny, and all the rest of her, you know, colleagues 
are like, whoa, Whitney's a badass. She's dealing dope simultaneously, simultaneously as, you know, looking at the checks and balances. I say, yeah, the perfume. She gets out of her chair with a, 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 a grocery bag filled with, I don't know. She hands it to me. I hand her 20 bucks. I say, thanks, Whitney. And she goes, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the perfume. She's really trying to convince her pals that it's really not dope. But I'm on, I'm, I'd like them to know that it's dope. So on my way out, I say, is this an ounce? This is an ounce, right? She goes, an ounce of perfume. I'm lying. I should have said that. Um, I didn't say that. I walk out knowing that I just convinced all of Whitney's friends that she deals dope. Isn't that great? Isn't that fun? You know, the, uh, another day I, I walk into a store. And in this store, the employees tend to be very high. You know, connect the dots or whatever. And I'm about to open the door and it's locked. And that they've got this new little ring doorbell. And you got to show your ID before you go in. And I walk in there. And uh, I'm like, hey, what's up with the new security? And he goes, oh, yeah, we got robbed a few times. And now we've got new measures uh, for safety. I say, oh, that's a really funny coincidence because I came here to rob you guys today. I say it like that. And this guy's high out of his mind. And he's like, huh? He goes, <laughs> and I just uh, straight face him. I straight face him as much as I can. You know, I'm wearing the mask. But with my eyes, just look at him straight in the eyes. My hands are in my pockets. And uh, I wait like 12 seconds. And he goes, <laughs> uh, I say, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, <coughs> you're kidding. Yeah. <coughs> this is what I'm talking about. Nothing matters. I go to Wendy's. I order everything I order. I always add on lettuce and tomatoes because, you know, why not? I like lettuce and tomatoes and I like everything in my burger as much as I can. I'm a value guy. I go to five guys and I tell them, give me literally everything, all the toppings. And I say, can you add lettuce and tomatoes free of charge? Throw it on there and I go through and as usual, they don't put lettuce and tomatoes. So I go another round. I whoop around the drive-thru again because I don't care. And I'm going to ask for a second $10 burger because you messed it up. And I'm not going to. I don't care. You messed this up. And it, they do this all the time. So I go in there and I say, you messed up my pretzel bun burger. Can you give me another one and make it right? They say, we're so sorry. I go through. I'm at the I'm at the little door where they give you the food. And he goes, I'm so sorry. Can I see your burger? It's the first time they've asked this. I say, no problem. Here you go. I give them a burger with like three bites left in it. It's all eaten. I ate like the whole thing. And there's like three bites left in it. I don't care. You know what you can tell by that fifth of a burger? There's no lettuce and tomatoes.
So he takes that. He takes it. He stops. He pauses for a second. Looks at me dead in the face. He can't believe that I'm actually doing this. He opens up the burger like a baboon. The last three bites that are left. He goes, okay. Would you like this back? I look at him dead in the face. I say, of course. He gives it back to me. And I finish the burger right in front of him as he hands me my second burger. This is what I'm talking about. If I was an actor in this uh, game of life, I would have uh, spared him with some, with some, what are they called? Luxuries, formalities. I would have spared him with some formalities and played along just a little bit with this, with what, what I'm supposed to do. But when you, really, when you don't care about life enough, you have so much confidence and then you rely on that, on that uh, thrill, on that adrenaline rush of making people uncomfortable. And um, sometimes it is to your detriment, but really, who cares? You guys know this, but I'm, in a, I'm a social t- ticking time bomb. I didn't sign up. I didn't sign up to get deported and then um, go to, a, I have a senior year that was literally two months long because... I started halfway through and then Corona closed down school in March and I got an A in calculus somehow and freaking AP physics too or whatever they call it up here and not talk to a single person and eat lunch in the bathroom and the library every single day. And I liked that. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. I'm not looking to join a friend group in a foreign country, which is what it was for me at the time. Senior year. When I have a half a year of uh, schoolwork to catch up on, I might as well just grind and get some decent grades. And I don't care. I'm an introvert by default. But not a lot of introverts take into account waking up one morning, looking at the date and being like, oh my God, I haven't hung out with anyone besides my 12-year-old brother in uh, 19 months. Maybe uh, Probably more. We're at two years, I think. And you know something's wrong with that. You don't know what exactly. You don't really mind. But you know this is not supposed to happen, especially if this is your prime time. You know? This is when you're supposed to be going nuts. Um, but you don't know where to start. I kid you not, I applied as a volunteer at a homeless sh- shelter so I could talk to people. And I got denied. I got denied from volunteering at a homeless shelter. So at that point, it's kind of like the universe telling me, hey, man, you do best isolated. Um, And I don't even realize this, but every episode I check the comment section and there's like four people being like, Hamza, don't kill yourself, man. Seriously, please don't kill yourself. I'm like, what? I'm chilling. I'm not going to what? And then I rewatch it and I describe in detail three different ways that I would um, do such thing. I want to. Uh, preface this, okay? Not preface, postface. I keep doing this. There's got to be a word for preface, but after. Anyway. I am uh, exaggerating this part of me. You know, if you saw me in real life, I wouldn't be talking like this. I 
and I isolate this ideology of mine so that in hope that some of it rubs off on you because I feel like this is what is lacking right now. The most. Everything is life or death. Every option is like, oh my gosh, everything's so tense. And I think if people have, you know, every day when I wake up, I stare at my hands for 45 minutes and I'm like, God damn, I'm really doing this. Look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm, 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 I'm moving my fingers around like, whoa, whoa. You know, I think if we have more of this, then we have less of, uh, you know, Zoe Laverne talking about Zoe. <laughs> Zoe Laverne talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse case on TikTok Live. Then we have less of that. And she was uh, happy about the acquittal. Good for her. Uh, also, yeah, you know, it's just a mindset that I think, I don't think you should be consumed in this mindset. I think some of it is sort of a doomist, a black pill, hopelessness. But I think in, as an individual, if you look at yourself individually and see what you stress about and zoom out just a little bit and realize that, hey, there are people starving. Hey, you know, it's it is really a, just a roller coaster. You have absolutely no control. You know, dude, freaking go in a Kia dealership and convince everyone a Whitney's a drug dealer. Go prank a dispensary that you're going to rob them. Go get a second burger at Wendy's. That's all I'm saying. And and don't tell any about anyone about it. I wouldn't I would have still done this if I didn't have the podcast. And that's the best part whenever you it's like whenever you finally grow up enough to appreciate clothing that doesn't have the brand all over it. You know that moment when you like uh, can wear clothes that's your favorite brand and it doesn't say it on it and only you know that that brand is fly and in its niche and you're wearing it and it doesn't say it anywhere on the clothing that's what it's like that's when you're really doing stuff for yourself and it's not out of a rat race mentality it's because like that was I should have clarified that connection from that to the rat race sorry i'm not sorry um but you see what i'm saying that's that moment when you like like i said i am a perfectionist to my own despair and part of that perfectionism is not just when i'm buying something or when i'm creating something but it's even how i live like i get terrified of executing uh, a part of my life without um, the right like mindset before I even start. So let me explain this to you. This is my best way to explain it. As you grow up, you get more wisdom from mistakes you make. And you learn from your mistakes. And you become better for it. And you're able to um, freaking slice through the jungle of the forest. Oop, hold on. Let me fix that. You're able to slice through the jungle of life, you know, with the machete a little bit better and you know your way around a little more because you made a mistake already. Now you know what to avoid. I'm not scared of making mistakes. 
I just don't want to start something without knowing the mistakes. Like I get paranoid that I don't know the prerequisites of like an ego. I don't want to go through a decade of my life and realize that my ego was um, withholding me and, and clouding my judgment. I don't want to go through 10 years of my life and realize that, you know, like, and I want to look, you know, it's weird. I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's so much like perfectionism that I can't, it frees me up. I'm my spot. I can't even move. And my only option f- to move from that is, like I said, nothing really matters. Wow, this is a really funny episode. Um, But yeah, man. It's really, uh, it's all a joke. Um, And it's, it's better for it. I think I'm excited for the metaverse. I'm excited to freaking eat my baby ray sweet baby rays and uh an augmented reality with isn't that insane that's so crazy it's it's crazy because it's already basically like that um you know you notice how all the social medias are blending together like i was thinking for a, a moment yesterday which one has the uh worst impact on your mind i was like Okay, TikTok is horrible because it's just mush. It's dopamine rushes and dopamine crashes. You go from watching a video of a guy parachute off a like a motorcycle off a mountain to a guy beating cancer to a joke to someone dancing. It's it's not it's wow. And then you go to Twitter where it seems everyone is at each other's throats and everyone wants to kill each other and uh, the world is horrible and then you go to instagram and you only see people's highlights and you think you're bad and you think everyone's doing better than you and you have so much to catch up on and you know metaverse doesn't sound that bad it's like this but you get to see each other at least i keep okay i'm not picking my nose i got this little itch on the edge so I'm excited for the metaverse. Uh, then we'll really be able to use NFTs because that's what I was thinking about. In the metaverse, if you have your own house, then you could put up a painting of that dumbass monkey that you bought for $8,000 and it's sitting in your room. Huh? That sounds fun. Now that's when NFTs really get to work. But I'm such a perfectionist. I'll tell you something that I never really meant to admit to you, but now I will. Ninety percent of the solo podcasts I've posted are at least second th- second takes, maybe third takes, and I don't mean like I get fifteen minutes in and I hit restart or five minutes in. I do an hour. I stop and I go. I could do better than that, and I don't wait till later. I go right after it. I start again. You know this is my third take, and I don't mind it. I love it. I truly, I'm trying to get better at this, and this is the only way to get better at it. You know, Tim Dillon messaged me, and he said, hey, Hums, I like to name drop him so much because I can't believe it. I'm acquaintances with him. Um, he says, hey, I listened to your recent podcast, some of it, and you're getting, you're becoming a better broadcaster. <laughs> so I'm doing something right. I'm sorry. That was just literally just a flex, I think. I don't know. I, I think I was going to go somewhere with that. Um... This new mic is killer, huh? It's exciting. Um. So yes, 
I, um, it's crazy. Life is crazy. I can't believe we're really doing this. You know, yesterday I was playing Stardew Valley. It's a little game on the computer. It's all, uh, pixelated and, and it's all you're playing with NPCs, which means like not real people. That's not what the acronym stands for, but, um, and you get to date them and marry them. And it's very cute. And the soundtrack is, uh, like Plantasia. It's all, uh, you know stuff like that and matches the seasons and i'm dating this girl named penny in the game and it was the annual flower dance in the game <laughs> and i asked her to dance and she accepted and i started sobbing not sobbing but i did cry because the last last year in the game which is like a, three weeks ago I asked her to dance and she said no. And this time she said yes because I gave her enough tulips throughout the year and melons, her favorite gifts. And uh, it felt great, man. It felt great. And I love Penny, man. Call me a weirdo. I don't care. What's the difference between that and real life? Is there really a difference? Um, that's what I'm talking about. Everything's melting. Nothing's clear. Nothing's coherent. I saw this clip of uh, reactions to JFK. Is that the guy who got shot in the head driving around? Kennedy. Just Kennedy. Maybe not JFK. He got shot and people were crying. People, kids were crying. Like nine-year-old kids were sobbing. Thirteen-year-olds were like crying. They couldn't believe the president was dead. Can you imagine that today? That's so crazy. I could not believe it. And I didn't know why, like what happened from then to now. At first, I thought it was because people care less about politics. That's absolutely not true. People definitely care more about politics. But I think people are desensitized to tragedy for the most part. Like, sometimes I think about if, would I be able, never mind. Hold on. That was too much. Whoa. Okay. Let's regroup. Let's regroup. I got a new jacket, huh? Yeah, you see that brand? Some of you know. If you know, you know. This baby's like retail is freaking a lot of money. But they had a Black Friday sale at my local outlet, which already was on sale because they were selling stuff from last year. So it was like 50% off plus the 20% off. I could not believe it. And I'd always wanted one of these. And I dropped the bag. Um, and I could do what I want. And I'm wearing it. It's not even cold. But uh, I feel so fly wearing it that I'm going to wear it through this whole podcast. Shout out to the audio listeners too. Um, maybe take a peek and see what we're wearing tonight. But yeah, I wish like it's just so much mush. It's so much distraction. And it's so easy to uh, just... It's crazy. I don't think we'll come back from this. I don't think... I think humanity is done. I genuinely think the prime, prime of uh, humanity, I sound like a boomer, but genuinely, there's no more authentic, uh, like, there aren't authentic, nothing's, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, it's a Sunday morning, you guys gotta get encouraged for the week, <laughs> here's some good news, they're still making Red Light, Green Light remixes. You know Red Light, Green Light from Squid Game? Huh? The, probably, there's new ones every week. That's something good. That's something good on the news. Um, I cracked my phone here and uh, 
dude, I'm sorry, bro. Um, like, I don't know if this is helping at all, but, uh, this is supposed to be a silly goose time, as Chris D'Elia would say. Pedophile? Is he a pedophile? Sorry. If you know Chris D'Elia, you know the T. Yeah. Dude was, like, uh, sleeping with girls that are, like, 16, and he's, like, 40, but he's in Connecticut, so it's legal that they're 16. I, that's so scary. I think it has to stem from, uh, some sort of trauma or something. Like, I never understood, um, why any guy is interested in someone, let alone that much of an age difference. I don't even like people my age. I am looking for a 22-year-old woman who can, you know, be the leader and the ruler. Be the bread the breadwinner as Casey Musgraves once said. He's he's a breadwinner. He wants your dinner. That song was awful. Star Cross her new one. But I never that's so creepy. I in my opinion, that's I think women are so dumb for accepting anything less. Or like accepting that. I understand, you know, zaddy or whatever. If a guy's a decade older than you, maybe there's something. You know, I'm talking about even like a 40-year-old woman and a 50-year-old guy. Actually, no, that's fine. But like 21-year-old woman, 27-year-old guy. Does that happen? This is what I'm talking about. I don't even know what's going on. And I'm on a same page. You know, I was listening to something and someone said... Uh, See, what did I even say? Was that? Oh my God, I need to regroup. Hold on. <laughs> you know how, you, if you've ever seen me type something out, you know uh, about how many typos I make. And you know why that happens? It's because my brain is moving faster than my hands. My brain is moving so fast, I can't even type it. No, that's what my uh, third grade math teacher, math, not my math teacher, the, the student teacher, the TA told me. When she saw my handwriting, because it was uh, illegible. Is that a word? You couldn't read it. And it was also missing words. And she couldn't believe it. And she was like, you know what this means? You mean This means you're really smart, Hamza. And you know what I said? I said, I know. I said, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I am pretty, I'm pretty insightful. Hold on. Oh, my God. What was I talking about? This coffee, dude? dynamite only iced coffee can do this to me i can't even otherwise i can't even mutter a word i stay silent the entire day but i drink this and i'm uh i'm yapping what was i saying oh my god oh yeah i listened to this i was listening to a podcast and the dude goes i meet a lot of these influencer kids and uh they're a shell of who they are online like they can't act unless the camera's on and um that's stuff that i think about i'm not an influencer kid but can i act when the cameras are not on you know i do enough of these uh silly goose things in public to keep myself sharp you know we'll see in toronto i'll have stories for you of me going to i don't know comedy clubs trying to hire someone as my editor or produce podcast producer and they're like dude i'm 20 years old i'm 
You know what I want? I want a podcast producer who sits next to me in the podcast and doesn't say a word, but they're like 45 years old and they just stare at me and listen to me talk. Dude, that sounds fun. I'm going to do that in Toronto. And, um, yeah, honestly, I think too many people are too rigid and I think, um, you don't have to be full anarchist psycho, but a little bit of that can go a long way. That's what makes you jump into the deep end in, in situations and kind of fake that you have balls, but you really don't. Uh, did I tell you someone messaged out of character after dark or out of character Instagram asking uh, for me to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse case? I couldn't believe it. I was angry and uh, laughing at the same time. I could not believe. Why? Why are you coming to me? Did I already t- say this? See, this is my third take. Oink, oink. Um, but, uh, yeah, you should not be coming to me for any uh, political or, like, something so, like, something like that. And they were serious. It's not like, can you got to give us a funny take about it? This is my only take, is that you're weird if you're celebrating it, like celebrating that he got acquitted. I don't even know what happened. Um, or I do, for the most part, I think he shot people. All I know is that people died. And um, I don't care if he's innocent or not or outright. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm not invested. Like I said, I woke up this morning and spent 45 minutes staring at my hands thinking, damn, I'm really in this bitch. Um, so I don't have time for this, but it, you're weird if you're celebrating that he was acquitted. That's all I can come at. Cause I clicked on a Steven Crowder video, uh, reacting to it and he was jumping up and down super happy. And you could tell by his soulless face that he's just cucked. He's cucked that he doesn't care about the case. He's just happy that the left took an L and that's cucked to the maximum degree as um, Hassan Piker would probably say. That's crazy. Imagine being like your source of happiness. It's already sad enough when people's source of happiness comes from other people. Or other people's opinion of them, maybe. But from a whole other political side, taking L's, and that's the only way you're happy. Cocked. And it hurts to watch... Um, especially youth who are uh, entirely dependent of of other people's opinions to form their self-confidence. Like, okay, maybe hot take if I haven't given enough hot takes already. But this is something I, I have thought about a few times with the trans community is that it is a very tough spot because uh, it depends so much on other people accepting them and some people just refuse and anything that depends on other people's opinion or other people's judgments or other people's view on you is so uh what's the word damn it what's the word like not malleable but uh it's very easily swayed it's not concrete it's out of your control and that's why it's dangerous. I, I feel that's why the suicide rates are so high in the trans community is because um, 
you're not in control. You know, that's where you should strive to be growing up. I'm not generalizing the trans community. Some are very confident who they are. And if someone misgenders or whatever them, they really couldn't care less because they know what's going down. But I think if you want to improve yourself in any way, don't read a book or whatever. Maybe read a book. But I think what you should strive for is uh, not caring about people's opinions of you. And genuinely, you know, there's people who say they don't care. There's people who like have these beliefs and they say they live by them. Like, for example, me growing up, I believed I didn't care about money. And I was, uh, you know, I don't really care about money. I could live... uh, pretty simply. And I thought I believed that until I really had an epiphany and truly believed that, uh, I think, see, even now I'm not hundred percent sure, but to my core to this day, I, I a hundred percent believe I could live as happy with 60 grand a year as I could with a million a year in my core. There's a difference when, when you, you got to kind of live it. So to not base any of your life, and I'm still working on it. I don't think I believe it to my core, but I strive to genuinely have other people's opinions have zero, and I mean zero, effect on you or on myself and my perception of myself and my confidence of myself. Because I think that's one of those prerequisites of life like I said, as a perfectionist, I'm scared of living a decade of my life and looking at the past decade and being worried that it wasn't optimized because every decision I made was to please others or to please my ego or to this or do that. And I have to have that epiphany when I'm 31, when if I had it when I was 21, those 10 years, every single decision, every fork in the road, I would have had better judgment. You see what I mean? That's what a that's the level of perfectionism I'm on. Let me take off this jacket. I'm overheating just a little bit. Um, I think I'm just looking for love. Let's be honest here. I'm looking for love. I said that one podcast and someone commented that it was pathetic. And hey, listen, okay? I think it'll solve a lot of my problems right now. I think um, I'll have something to do, something to invest in, Something to, and I mean invest time, time, money, attention. This is my boyfriend application. This is pathetic. It really is pathetic. Um, but I just, I just saw a little thing on my phone that made me quite jealous, um, because I saw a guy who was qu- quite a loser and and is quite like I'm not gonna say who they are, but a loser. You know, in every sense of the word, what they do and what they put out. But they looked so happy with a significant other. And you know what? Screw you. I used to have this comeback that was if someone was arguing with me, I would say. um, Or I was arguing with them. An argument, you can call it. I would say, hey, man, I'm happier than you. And it would always come out of left field. I would say, you know what? I'm happier than you, so I don't really care. And they would be stuck. You'd be like, damn it. Are you? Are you really are? If you are, yeah, you... Damn. Whoa. We were arguing about freaking, like, Papa John's versus Domino's. And you're over here making me think about if I'm happy with life. 
And I do recommend you try that. But right now, I can't do it with all honesty because sometimes uh, it's not the serve I think it is. That's a little bit of a gay lingo for you. And you know what? I <laughs> Dude, hold on. I'm just going to scroll through the freaking the comments on the podcast because I keep referring to them. Oh, here's a comment on the Emma Lou episode. Here we go. Nah, I'm sick of ti- I'm sick and tired of non-black people giving people like this a platform as if they have a right to forgive them, especially someone like Hamza. The way you use AAVE is problematic and weird, and yet you're doing this weird. Now, I don't know if you're talking about me, but I have never used AAVE. Okay. And I thought AAVE was freaking... Oh, here we go. I didn't know what it was till this summer. But I'm confused by this comment. I mean, they clearly didn't watch it. It's very... That's what what bums me out is when you don't watch it. I don't care. I never... Like, I've said this in the beginning. I don't care if this offends you. I'm on a mission here. And you want to get hit by the crossfire and get offended. I really could not care less. You can watch it You can, or it's not for you. And that's okay. You know what? They removed the dislike button from YouTube. You know who we've got next week? Candace Owens. And then we've got Christian Walker. And then we got Bill O'Reilly. And if you don't like that, then leave. Actually, all jokes aside, we do have a guest next week. And guess who it is? Ivy Walk. Some of you know her, some of you don't. One of the funniest people I've ever met. I've never met her, but online. Um, she does stand-up comedy now. She's an actor. She's uh, been canceled like four times. She's extremely funny. Um, here's a comment. I'm tired of Hamza pretending he's not bisexual. Sis, I'm not bisexual. Oh, snap. Was that a AVE? I'm sorry. The podcast, uh, that's very nice. Mostly nice uh, podcast. But sometimes you guys read me like a book and figure out. Um... Oh, here was a really interesting comment. I need help on that. A few months ago, last year, I did a lot of online performative activism. You could probably classify it as that. And I tried to speak up for one of my fellow classmates often. It resulted in not much good. It made things worse. I still have photos up on my Instagram about the January 6th insurrection compared to Black Lives Matter protests, which I learned afterwards that it isn't a great way to show people being harmed as a form of spreading knowledge. Should I leave them on my page? That question within itself shows a sign of performative activism and me thinking about myself. And I'm sorry, this isn't probably a place to ask, but it's all I got. That's weird. That's crazy. That's a good, I mean, not a good question to me, but, um, damn, that's what, that's the stuff I think in my head. Cause you're like, at the end of it, she said, um, the question within itself is a sign of performative activism because she's thinking about her Instagram page and not the social, uh, the actual thing at hand. And listen, Hey, if you're that deep into it, if you're making that much of an epiphany, in my opinion, you are a couple, at least a couple of steps ahead of where you were. And honestly, listen, I, and I did get, when I talked about performative activism and how I think is worse than if you never say anything at all, 
I did get a few people disagreeing, and that's fine. But I still stand by it, I think, as someone whose own country and culture got the hype for a month, and I saw absolutely no progress. Um, nothing good come out of it, even if you know, some of them weren't performative. Um, it's just... Uh, it's just too much to uh, just don't go into stuff too fast. Maybe think about it. You know, it's much safer to honestly look into something, um, come up with your own thesis and your own ideas, and then not tell anyone about it. That's what I like to do. Well, now I've got a podcast, and uh, so I get to spew uh, my unfinished thoughts to you for an hour. But... um. I just do that first. How about that? Do that first. Really understand the foundation of your beliefs. And then walk around and if it comes up, it comes up. Don't you don't have to be the mouthpiece for something. You're gonna just bring it up if it's topical and that's how you should live. I think Bo Burnham was really <laughs> on to something. Here we go, hot take. For a lot of his little special insight on on Netflix, he had a pretty good um, thesis, which I think got lost in translation or, or wasn't prime, the primary focus, which was people just need to shut up. You don't have to give your opinion on everything all the time. And I think that's a message that, uh, is like, we'll never really go through because even if half of the people who are giving their every opinion on everything all the time, now, if half of them stopped, the way algorithms work and the way headlines work and the way everything sees, you never notice that people are stopping using social media. So if half the world stopped using social media, I feel like you wouldn't even notice because it'll still show you recommended. It'll sh still show you people who do post. You'll see that. Um, so if there's any progress with people less being less addicted to the online world, you wouldn't even notice. So it'll always give us illusion that everyone is yelling over everyone all the time. Bo Burnham's inside special maybe dropped Twitter usage by 9%. How would you know? That's how they get us, really. Because not only do they trap us, but they remove any signs of progress uh, so that we never gain any, like, momentum or, like, you know, I feel just an idea. Just an idea. Like uh, like Instagram now, it has less... You know how they have recommended posts now on your feed? Is that not insane? I cannot believe that. On your Instagram homepage, it now shows you posts. And on top of it says, because you follow Joe Rogan, here's a post from Stephen Crowder. That is so disrespectful to me. I don't use the app anymore because it all it takes is one post that I didn't want to see. I, Instagram was the only one left who doesn't just spew just garbage and adrenaline rushes and then sad and then laugh and then here's a sad video. Laugh at this. Political take. Blah, blah, blah. It used to be just your hometown friends and then your online mutuals or something or people you know or people you look up to and you see their highlights and that's it. You 
keep up to date with him. That's all it was, and that's all it should have ever been. But now it's basically a mush of, like, look, I'm going to scroll through, and I'm going to tell you who it recommends to me. Okay, here we go. Here's a here's a recommended, uh, I cannot, like, it's, oh, here's one, oh, a sponsored post, okay. Hold on, give me a second. Here's one. Oh my. Based because you liked a suggested post from Puberty. And then it's a meme page of some sorts and it shows me a kid uh, running across a soccer field. Here's one. Because you liked a suggested reel. And it shows me a video of frogs um, guarding an iPhone. One more. One more so you know how bad this is. Because you liked a similar post. Oh, no! Because you liked a post from Drewski. Too funny. I liked one of Drewski's posts. It showed me a post from Hood Clips Official. That's it. I never opened the app. I don't open Instagram again. That's it. I'm done. I put it down. And also, entertainment's done. Where is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, sometimes, and I'm not really negative. I'm not. I'm I'm just a mouthpiece for what I think needs to be more in the world. It's not negativity, but it's um, reflection. I think people need to reflect. Like, look, I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to think this is really negative, but I started doing this on TikTok. If I see a video of someone feeling themselves, like a thirst trap, um... I comment on it in all caps, LMAO. Now, the video is not funny. It's them genuinely feeling themselves. And I only do this on small accounts. So if it's a, you know, it's got like 100 likes and some guy's bored in his dorm room and he posts a thirst trap, I comment LMAO because I think I can snip it at the bud right there and help help them reflect just enough to realize what they're doing, you know? And that's my way of giving back. Like, what's it called? You know, a year later, they'll be grateful I commented that. <laughs> Where's my babysitter, Aaron Hall? Screw Aaron Hall. Screw Aaron Hall. Ditched me. Two podcasts. Well, okay, maybe he's seeing his family for Thanksgiving, but you got to give me a heads up, man. Two podcasts. The last one, and, the, and not the one before, but the one before that. And um, I need that. I need that. To, that's my therapy. No, but it's, you know, the CPM is really high in December, and this is when the big bucks come in. Screw you, Aaron. I'm replacing Aaron on After Dark with, drum roll, please. Um, Cody Orloff and Zoe Laverne, both of them, and we will only talk about Kyle Rittenhouse and um, and other things political. If you take anything away from this episode, I would say you need to make stuff memorable, distinguish stuff, make checkpoints, stuff to remember. And not for other people's uh, viewing pleasure. 
for yourself. Go to that Kia dealership. Rob, fake rob a store. Maybe actually rob them. Um, just, but do it with, <laughs> do it with no one else so you could feel what I'm feeling. No, do it with no one else to uh, see it maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know. What happened? You know, this is supposed to be out of character. But there's a reason why we have characters is so we don't um, have this stuff on the record, you know? But I'm really doing it, and now you get to hear my inner thoughts. And, uh, you know, do you ever talk and you can tell gaps in your thinking and your thought process or even as much as metaphors, and you're like, I don't know these metaphors yet. I don't know what to compare this to yet. I literally... Oh my oh my card just f- filled up on my computer. Let me wrap this up. I haven't unlocked this yet. I literally just have to live longer and that's the only way I'll be able to figure this out. That's what I think a lot of the times. And uh yeah, dude. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um believe it or not, this is the most tame of three takes, most coherent. And maybe there's something you took away. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out of character.store and you guys stay safe. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Turns out I was just hungry. I love life. Everyone is great. Um, everyone is... Ah! I'm leaking. It's leaking.